Ever since watching the TV show Flipper in my impressionable and naive youth, I have wanted to ride an airboat over the long grasses of the Everglades hopefully to also see a dolphin tail dancing and chirping the way Flipper did when he wanted Sandy or Bud's attention or, as he frequently did, use his large dolphin brain to save the day. At that age, I loved swimming, Jaws had not yet come out to terrify me of the teeth lurking below the ocean surface, so living near water was a super bonus. Throw in my love of reptiles and the promise of abundant snakes and lizards and alligators and I couldn't think of a better place to live. Airboat Ride Number 1 For our first airboat ride, we found a company of 15-minute drive our Airbnb on the western edge of Miami, FL. Wanting to also spend a good part of the day in Everglades National Park close to 45 minutes south, we scheduled the earliest morning excursion available. As we did with the Manatee Swimming Tour, we opted to appease our introvert tendencies with a semi-private tour, the smallest grouping we could find, with a maximum of six people plus a tour guide. The tour was scheduled for one hour. There were options for longer tours. We debated pricing and timings and decided not to indulge because we had to get back to the doggos for walking and watering before spending the remainder of the day in Everglades NP. In hindsight, I enjoyed myself so much that I wish we had opted for the two-hour tour, three-hour tour. But that may have meant the weather getting rough and our airboat stuck on some uncharted hammock of soggy grass. We didn't have Gilligan along so the odds of not being rescued would have been minimal. We arrived at the launch point on the north side of the Everglades NP. The actual tour was outside the national park but still in the massive, shallow river that is and makes up the glades. We had to navigate a short rocky downslope to park the car. I was thankful we had our new SUV. It navigated the crumbly path and slightly jutting boulders with ease in both directions. Our airboat was built for six passengers, a family of three from Germany and Colombia speaking a mixture of German and Spanish, and the two of us, one short of the maximum. The boat driver, boat captain, whatever you call the tatted-up airboat pilot, sat highest and furthest to the rear giving him a vantage point to navigate and spot wildlife. I am sure he knew their haunts but how he could find them, especially the baby gator, while moving at high rates beggars my imagination. My partner and I were assigned an entire three-person bench seat to ourselves. It was lower than the seat behind us giving an unobstructed view while putting us closest to the water, easily foot-dippable and, if they decided on aggression, easy access to gator jaws. Thankfully, the large reptile tends to be chill, non-aggressive. All in all, it was a near-perfect setup. Perfect being just the two of us wandering the shallow river to our hearts content stopping to bask in the glory of wilderness when and where we wanted. There was a noted difference from the days of Flipper. The exposed airboat engine and prop make an incredible racket when turned on and are amped up when flying over grass requiring industrial strength hearing protection much like the ground crew wears at airports. Sandy, Bud, and Porter, the main characters in the original Flipper, never wore ear protection on the show. I was glad we did or my hearing might be even worse than it already is. I predict my future will include hearing aids. If they also attenuate the tinnitus, all the better. Our first encounter was with a 10-foot gator known locally as Georgie. He was the owner of a large swath of the glades we were in and the females in the area comprised his harem. Here our guide shared a few fascinating alligator factoids. Alligators have an incredible immune system, one as ferocious as their croc cousins. The immune system destroys so many infections and viruses and bacteria that they do not get sick. They never even get cancer. I wish I could mix some alligator blood into my circulatory system, become blood brothers with the reptile, receiving some of their amazing immunity, hopefully arming me against the cancer that ate both my parents from the inside out. Receiving alligator blood would also entail moving out of Chicago to a warmer climate where the cold-blooded thrive year-round instead of only during the warm season. Win. Win for me.
alligators don't have a finite lifespan instead live on and on, growing bigger and bigger until some calamity takes them out. An extremely dry season where the food supply dwindles. Territorial disputes with a rival. A bigger critter with a liking for alligator meat and the wherewithal to take out the gator and not be the food itself. And hunting by humans. Since gators tend to be placid in their natural state and territorial meaning they hang out in the same general locations and are not too difficult to find, there's not much of a challenge in putting a bullet upside their long heads. Georgie spread out before the boat barely moving other than the occasional blinking of his eye. He may just as well have been a statue waiting for someone to come polish his considerable length to a luster. It wasn't until we started up the airboat for another location that he moseyed forward a bit. One of our stops was a gator hole. A gator hole is a depression hollowed out by the alligator creating a deep mini pond within the shallow river. During the dry season when the already shallow river depth decreases, the deeper gator hole is a refuge for fish and other aquatic life. Not only does the alligator stay moist and comfortable but there is a captive food source. The mounds of excavated dirt become home to larger plants which, in turn, give strength enough for trees to take root growing the mini islands. Over time these can become substantial land masses called hammocks. Besides Georgie, we saw a few smaller females and a first-year juvenile with coloration more tiger-like than an alligator. On our final stop before returning to base where we admired a female relaxing on a short stretch of land, a lovely purple gallinule hopped onto the boat and posed for pictures. It sported a sky-blue spot on the forehead just behind the crimson and white-tipped beak. It hopped on board with its comical oversized feet, perfect more suited to skating over lily pads than land navigation. It stood next to my feet until we departed. My guess is it was looking for a handout. The hour, adhering to Einstein's relativity theory, felt like mere minutes ending entirely too quickly. Internally, I was kicking myself for not opting for one of the longer tours. It was during the return to the doggos we decided we would pit stop at the Everglades Alligator Alley scene advertised the previous day for another airboat ride. Airboat ride number two. Before heading the 30 miles down to Alligator Alley in the Everglades, we returned to our Airbnb to water and walk the dogs. Pet access in the Everglades, like nearly all national parks, is severely limited to help maintain the integrity of the ecosystem and to prevent them from being feasted upon by the larger carnivores. The trails are off-limits and our plans included various hikes. It was much too hot to leave them in the car for any duration so they had to remain in the rental. This also meant we could not spend as much time as we would have liked in the Everglades because they need to be tended to. Such is the life of fur parents. We scouted Alligator Alley out the day before to get the airboat tour rates. We parked in the back lot where quite a few black vultures. Three were walking on the ground like pigeons pecking at food scraps. But this was gravel so I can't imagine they found anything to eat. Five were perched on tall posts. I've seen many turkey vultures, a few at Big Bend NP up close and personal in the campground where they scavenged human garbage. Rarely have I encountered black vultures and those few are soaring high in the sky. The blacks are more compact than the turkeys sporting a naked black head. It gave them a less severe, a less malevolent look than their red-headed cousins. This second airboat ride was the polar opposite of our early morning experience. It was more an amusement park ride than an educational excursion. The boat held 30-ish people packed in like sardines. Thankfully, we arrived early and were able to get an edge seat. I did not want to be crammed into the middle. The captain was there more for entertainment and thrills than espousing the intimacies of the wilderness. The goal, as was mentioned numerous times early on, was to get us wet. Seeing alligators was more by accident than a plan. He drove fast then flipped the direction 180 degrees sliding across the long grasses sideways ensuring water splashed into the boat and onto the people. He did this numerous times.
I did not take one picture during the 25-minute joy ride. Had it been our only airboat ride, I would have been extremely disappointed. As it was, I would have preferred a repeat of the morning tour. But, taken together, they were complimentary. The first thrilled me with near solitude, up-close alligator sightings, and education. The second thrilled me as a roller coaster is enjoyed for the high g-force turns. After the airboat, we wandered around the grounds. It was a mini zoo with local animals and exotics including a couple of emus standing well over 5 feet tall. They had a one-track mind attacking the food cups presented by the tourists as if they were starving. There was an alligator pond with some massive chonkers basking in the sun and numerous breeding tanks for similar-sized young gators. Putting larger gators in with smaller gators would soon find the tanks empty save for the larger gators grown bigger from gobbling up the littler ones. Alligators do eat their own and the males will eat their own young. Survival goes to those with the longest teeth and the biggest jaws. Before heading back into the Everglades NP proper, I ate a couple of alligator tacos. It was the second time I'd eaten gator, the first being at a now-defunct Cajun restaurant in Chicago's suburbs sometime back in the 1990s. Sadly, we never did see any flippers tail dancing or otherwise. Next up, it happened again, Florida number 3. May 20, 2022.